Hey, everybody. And tonight we are reviewing The Goonies, doing an old movie tonight. Uh, yeah. Yeah, The Goonies. Uh, a lot of newer things like Stranger Things, It, um, have, you know, people say they're similar to The Goonies, modern day Goonies, basically because it's a bunch of kids doing, you know, dealing with adventure, supernatural stuff. Um, and that's kind of what happens here. Uh, Mama K, actually, you were the one who picked The Goonies. Uh, what, I did. Uh, what was your reasoning for that? Well, I just think it's one of those things that seems really iconic to a certain uh, group of people. And I had never actually seen The Goonies. I've seen, I kept saying, oh, I've seen parts of it. But after I watched it, I realized the only part I've ever seen over and over and over again is uh, when they're kind of going down that wider slide situation. Um, so I was really, I was really excited to see this movie. Interesting. I had never seen it. I know its reputation of being like a cult favorite. All pe- people who are all in like, you know, a bunch of Gen Xers basically are like, oh, this movie was awesome when I was a kid. And um, I, I, I'm I have a Gen also, Xer. You're an old Gen Xer. I mean, I know you are, <laughs> but like, you, what, what were you like 10 months away from being a boomer? I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, but you know, I was, I was not even 20 when this movie came out. So All right, young Gen Xers, old millennials, this is their, this is like their, their, that's g- true, their age time, you know, they would have been in yeah. their, you know, early childhood. Um, so yeah, I had also, you know, like I said, never seen the Goonies. I know it's a reputation of cult classic, but I also know if some, some people are like, uh, if you go back and watch it now, it doesn't really hold up as well. Like some, some old movies do hold up when you go back and watch them for the first time and you're like, Oh wow, that's still really good. And then some are like, Oh, that was probably really good at the time. Now it's kind of like, eh, a little silly, a little, little ridiculous, but we will, we will see where we land on the Goonies. Um, I'll read the plot synopsis for people who don't know, what the what the story's about uh following a mysterious treasure map into a spectacular underground realm of twisting passages outrageous booby traps and a long lost pirate ship full of gold doubloons the kids race to stay one step ahead of a family of bumbling bad guys and a mild-mannered <laughs> monster with a face only a mother could love <laughs> i didn't read that before yeah. man it's interesting uh i like that little <laughs> ending synopsis piece there so um yeah, the Goonies. Did you know much about this story going in? What was it about? What what happened in it? I know there's there's definitely some iconic scenes in here that have been parodied over time, and it's like you go back and watch it and be like, oh, that's where that's from, and oh, that's where that's from. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's that. The, the part I didn't know about it was sort of the sub story about the um, the the criminals that are following them. I thought that they were just sort of on an adventure treasure hunt. And for me, at the time, it was sort of like you know, like. Indiana Jones, I'm looking back now, Indiana Jones were, you know, melds with Pirates of the Caribbean uh, kind of thing. And, you know, the people who put out this movie were iconic for that time. You got Spielberg, Chris Columbus, Richard Donner as a director. I mean, he was right in the middle of his sweet spot of all the Lethal Weapons movies. Yeah, this so, is the most 80s. Those three are like some of the most like 80s people you can really yeah, imagine to, to pull yeah. together. I guess Chris Columbus more 90s, but yeah. But yeah, so it was it you know, it was it was it was something that sort of hit the sweet spot of, of my movie, you know, viewing time frame. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I as far as like the, the you know, the creative minds behind us, like you said, Richard Donner, Scrooge, I think is this big like single 
uh, standalone, but also the Lethal Weapons, all, I think right. all four of them. And then also he did the first Superman and also part of the yep. second Superman. So he, he's got oh. a lot. Oh, and The Omen, actually. So he's done all kinds of different stuff, but all in that right. kind of time frame. Um, and then, yeah, Chris Columbus has done the Home Alones. He's done the first two Harry Potters. He's written on a bunch of things. I think he rates the Night of the Museum movies, maybe. Um, and then Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Spielberg. Everyone knows his style and his, his you know, big, sweeping, right. epic, blockbuster, crowd pleasers. Um, so, you know, this is this kind of meets between all those. None of those are directors or creators that I particularly love. I, you know, I like some of that stuff in there. Um but yeah, so if you haven't seen the Goonies, it's your opportunity to do so. It's streaming on yeah. Hulu right now, so I don't know how much longer. It's not really one that pops in too often, but it came up and we we took the opportunity. So if you haven't seen yeah. the Goonies, check it out on Hulu if you have any interest. We rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Um, we start in Astoria, Oregon, in an area called the Goondocks. First thing I didn't know, mm-hmm. I didn't know the Goonies was like a term for the locals there. Right, like, the area where they live, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know why they were called the Goonies. I had no idea. I thought it was just like a dumb little nickname, but apparently it's <laughs> yeah, it's based on the area that they live in called the Goondocks. Um, and they're all, so we meet all the main little kids here, some of them grow up to be, you know, somewhat notable stars. So the the little, (laughs) little kids, there's four of them. Uh, Sean Astin, uh, people think I know, I think people know who he is, um, is Mikey. Yeah, from Rudy. Right, yeah, yeah, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, it's not my good. He's actually in Stranger (laughs) Things, the the second season. Yeah, well, and Hobbit, right? Isn't he a Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, he's in Lord of the Rings. Um, Yeah. And then you have Jeff Cohen as Chunk. I think everyone knows Chunk, Truffle Shuffle Guy. Um, Everyone knows Chunk. I don't know if they know Jeff Cohen, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corey Feldman, who was a thing yep. for a couple years there, uh, is Mouth. One of the Corys. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then you have, who's the fourth kid? Data. Uh, Jonathan oh, Hugh Kwan. Is this the yeah. actor's name? I'm not familiar short with rib. him. Um, so yeah, yeah, you are. He's, He's short, short rib. Yeah. Short oh, round. I didn't yeah, realize he was. The, what did you call him? Short he, rib? Yeah, from, Short rib, sorry. Short round. <laughs> like the dish? No, he's just... I might be hungry, yeah. Short round hungry. data and data, okay. Um, yeah. Those are, those are your four <laughs> kids, Mikey Chunk, Mouth, and Data. You also meet Josh Brolin, who I didn't know was in this movie. Yeah. Um, he's the older yeah. brother, Brand. Um, yeah. And then two other... Soon to be Thanos. Soon to be Thanos, right. Only, only 30 <laughs> years later. Um, and then a couple yeah. other characters we're going to meet later. But that's who we start with. Um, and they you know, do their jokey-jokey thing. And uh, they all have their own little personality quirks. Like Mikey's always got the inhaler. Data makes a right. bunch of inventions. Um, Chunk yeah. is clumsy. I guess that's his like thing. And Mouth is like the talkative, like smart mouth one. Which, you know, yeah, he's mouth. Yeah, sassy. Um, and they're facing foreclosure in the goondocks. Apparently, uh, an expanding country club is coming in to get rid of all of them, all the old houses there. So they're like, oh, no, we're not going to see each other anymore. We're not going to be able to hang out. Um, and they go into an attic and find an old treasure map uh, from, what, the, the grandfather or the father or something uh, about right. One-Eyed Willie's yeah. pirate treasure. And it's yep. somewhere nearby, and he was M- Mikey considers him the original Goonie, I guess, because this is the Goon Goondocks area. Um, 
So we, you know, uh, in addition to that, at the beginning, this is all taking place in Mikey's house. We also get the mom come in and out, uh, the maid who doesn't speak any English. So mouth, the only Spanish speaker fucks with her, has some decent stuff there. Um, (laughs) And the, I think that's kind of, that's actually really kind of cutting edge for the time, honestly. I mean, it's a little, it's, you know, the way that they do it is, is, you know, certainly not very politically correct but the things no. that he tells that he tells her in english that you know he he misinterprets um on purpose he does his, speak spanish on like, purpose actually yeah. fluently yeah. right he's he's terrible and that's awesome i don't think kids were allowed to like even you know kids in movies were allowed to do things like that very much back then so that was a little cutting edge i thought i really enjoyed that yeah i i i, I gotta imagine before a movie like this and that's probably why it has some of its cult statuses it do, it did things with the kids where they just talk like you know 10 12 year old boys would that it's not right. all like clean and like oh wondrous and i don't really know what's going on they're you know they they, they fuck around with each other and they swear with each other and they try to be cool but they don't quite always know what they're saying and and they're always talking right. over each other like they feel and that's another yeah. thing the kids are always talking over each other which in a movie is kind of a weird hard choice to do when you have you know lines and it's it's hard for child actors to get them out in the right thing but the way the kids are all talking over each other all the time and the older brother you know josh brolin's character is, is with them all like it all kind of feels pretty organic like for for the yes, most part i agree um impressively yeah. so usually movies from you know more than 30 years ago the the acting it's just a different time like you try you, it, things are much more natural now to how things actually are like conversations actually are um right this feels more natural uh but yeah, the whole the i was I was actually pleasantly surprised about that because it really was what happens uh, when you get a bunch of boys in a room that they're all talking. Everybody wants the floor, you know, they're they're and they're kind of they're not really super vulgar, but they're trash talking and right. Uh, and they're and they're mean to each other. And that's just how that's how things that's how things work. And I was really I was impressed with that, that they were able to do that and have it not feel stilted or weird or campy it was really organic and really natural and some of the some of the things i've heard that people who hadn't seen the movie and then go back and see it for the first time at an older age Mm -hmm. kind of pick that apart but i didn't have a problem with that at all i actually thought it worked really well i might have some problems with some of that kind of stuff later on but in this beginning here all the way the kids are with each other yeah it really is everything in the house at the beginning is great um and the whole basically the plot is they find the map to one-eyed willie's treasure uh, they go to an abandoned restaurant on the edge of town, um, and on the, the on their bikes. <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's this is well, this is where the whole adventure kicks off. They got to find the treasure yeah. in like an underground cavern system. Parallel to them, and later on intertwining, there is a group of bumbling, uh, like criminals. I guess uh, we actually yep. see them in the in the very very beginning, busting out one of their one of the brothers. It's basically two brothers and a mom. Uh, the mom is just mama, uh, and then Jake and Francis. So this is the Fratelli family. Um, they also have a right. fourth family member, which we'll get to in a little bit. He the, comes the, to later. Yeah. yeah, he comes. His part comes later. Um, and they are also. I think that. I mean, I think they're also looking for the treasure. I, I. I'm a little unclear at how they get to the treasure part and like why they're in the caves with them. I understand they have like a little base there, but I don't really, I guess, I, guess I don't, it feels, it feels like, um, I, I didn't understand why they were there. I understood where the kids were there. I didn't understand why the criminals were there at the restaurant. Yeah. Are they, did they also know about their, the treasure? Or is that what they're doing I, there? I don't, like, 
I don't think so. I think they were using it because they were saying that it was closed during a certain time of the year. So they were just kind of using it as a hideout. Okay. And a place to maybe like re, you know, recompense themselves between crimes or whatever. They also had to have a place that was away from civilization uh, for their fourth family member that we meet later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just a coincidence. And then they learned through the Goonies that there's something else going on okay. underneath. All right. That makes more restaurant. sense to me then because yeah, they, yeah. they're, they're like petty criminals that do, although they also like do a ring of fire thing around the cops, which another, another which is pretty awesome. Well, it's a kind of thing. I don't know if that really holds up. Cause like, I mean, it's just cops can, you can jump through that. It's not really that bad. Like you can just jump over that. <laughs> it's, it's like jumping over a campfire. I don't think it was jump overable. I thought it was pretty. Yeah, the, the, the flames were a couple feet tall, but it's not like it was. <laughs> it was a, it was a unique idea and something that would work then. I don't know if you do that in a movie now. It comes off as very genuine. Yeah, probably not now. But no, um, probably not now. It was fine. It was inventive woman, for back then. The woman who plays Mama has a classic role. I don't know if you know this of, of being like that kind of acerbic Mama. She was in. Uh, she was the Mama from the titular Mama from Throw Mama from the Train. Which um, is a Billy one. Crystal yeah. movie. It it's sort of a it's a it's a uh, Hitchcockian crisscross story where I kill your mom, you kill my mom, uh, oh. kind of, or you you kill my wife, I kill your mother, something like that. It's hard for me to picture and anything was, serious because of the the bumbling nature of her and the and the other frontilly family. Yeah, I don't numbers. feel like the, this movie was not. I mean, it was not serious. It was called Throw Mama from the Train, and it had Billy Crystal. It was definitely. Oh. It was probably made a year or two around this movie, so people knew this woman. So you know, a comedic kind of crisscross, okay? Because crisscross, because yeah, that's because I say Strange on a Train, not a particularly light, fluffy movie. I mean, there's a couple no, of parts. This of is definitely. But... Yeah, no, this is definitely how you do it wrong, you know, and and it's and it turns out to be a slapstick comedy because of it so um so that's what she's kind of known for um at that point and the other two you see around just character actors um of the of the time so yeah i didn't recognize them particularly but i figured yeah they were just kind of popping in and out of other movies by um, you know these director writer producer team i mean i'm sure they had them here and there um but the plot it's the treasure hunt basically this is the bulk of the movie what do you think of the plot of this movie um i think the plot is fun i I like these kind of plots. You know, I'm a big fan of like National Treasure, which is basically this plot with adults. Um, this plot with Nicolas Cage. It's a riddle. With Nicolas, yeah, with Nicolas Cage, and you know, it's it's the same thing. Maybe a few less characters. Um, I I was engrossed in you know trying to figure out how this was going to all play out because you know it's going to play out. You know, something good's going to happen at the end, but are they really going to walk uh, around with? you know, buckets of gold doubloons or what's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of held together for me until the very end when the pirate ship actually sailed out of the harbor. That was, that's I was the like, very oh, end. Okay. I mean, we're in spoilers now, yeah. but like that's the I'm last sorry, five minutes. Like, yeah. But the rest of it I thought was, you know, it's, it's campy fun and it's, you have to not think about uh, whether or not this is ever really going to happen. And it's, you know, it's what every kid and especially boys, I'm assuming, really, you know, kind of hope for and go out and, you know, back in the day, you'd go out on your bicycles and you were hoping to find this kind of thing. And they played it out really well. And um, I understood that they filmed it in sequence, which I find, you know, you don't do a lot of that nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that must have been really interesting, difficult, all of that. But yeah, I liked it. I would give the plot a three and a half. Okay. Um, 
it's interesting because the plot is like super basic, like the main part. All the stuff that's like extra is kind of like because the re- reason they want to find the treasure, other than you know, kid adventure, is they want to save their houses from foreclosure, um, from the right. expanding of the country club. That is, you know, pretty underdeveloped and more of an excuse than anything. So, I mean, I don't really like that. I kind of push it to the side because I guess we need a reason to go. Um, yes, the bad guys being there is weird. I think they could have had a different <laughs> bad guy choice. I think the fourth family member they could have made him when we meet him. We made him the bad guy until the end and then we find out he's not the bad guy kind of thing which is kind of what they do but having the other criminals like i guess and that's another thing about this whole movie it's a lot longer than i was expecting it's uh it's Hmm. just shy of two hours and i kind of feel the length by the end i think there's a lot in here we could shave and still get the idea and keep the best stuff because basically what they're doing when they're going through the plot is they're evading the criminals a little bit at the beginning and then a little bit at the end but the whole middle is just like kind of like challenge after challenge booby trap evading after booby trap evading and i think we could cut out i mean there's like what five or six of them it feels like i think we could cut about half of them and still get the idea and still have the adventure sense that everyone could still have their moment because that's another thing we have the Mm -hmm. four little kids josh brolin and then the two women who we haven't uh talked about yet uh andy and steph um and so basically we have seven characters um and they each have to have like a, their own little moment kind of thing, which I think they pretty much all do. Um, but yeah, there's just some stuff that made it drag a little bit. Um, the idea is good. I think you might be right about that. The idea yeah. is good, and some of the scenes are thrilling, and they carry it. Um, I kind of like most of the end before we, I guess, leave the caves. Um, but some of mm-hmm. our, some of our between the house and the end, there's a lot of. I don't know. It kind of feels like filler to me. So I think I'm gonna land on like a three. It's it's good, but not not much better than that for me. Um, mm-hmm. So the uh, That's fair. I guess we'll address the elephant in the room now. Once we're in the caves and they've had a run in with the criminals, um, Chunk has a run in with uh, what's his name? The big the big scary guy, Sloth. Uh, Sloth yeah, is the Sloth. fourth or the, the third brother, the fourth member of the family. He is large, muscular, deformed. Um, kind of yeah, a simpleton. He's Shrek. Shrimp. Or he looks, sh- shrimp. He, Shrek. Shrek. He looks like Shrek. But um, not like... But hum- human-y. Human-y, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's... Well, I mean, Shrek's an intelligent creature, though. He's not like an idiot. He looks like Shrek, though. That's my thought process is when I look at him. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it. Hills Have Eyes, so much like scarier. <laughs> he looks like uh, one of the ones in the atom bomb thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, he's chained to a chair watching TV. Uh, his family clearly doesn't want him around. Uh, so Chunk ha- meets up with him, runs away. Uh, but he's going to be soon reunited with him because the three, the three family members catch him after all the other Goonies escape, but he gets locked in the freezer with the dead guy when he was looking for ice cream. Um, right. And so yeah. he gets, so he kind of gets separated from everyone else to the end. Chunk does. Um, yeah, so he has a bit of a different storyline than everybody else. Right, and this is some of the stuff where I'm like, eh, I bet this was pretty funny back then, but nowadays it's just kind of like, oh my god, we keep going back to it, we get it, we get it. They're, they're interrogating him, they're threatening to blend his hand up, and they're just like, uh, and he, they're just like, spill it, spill everything, and so he goes through his catalog of all the regrets he's had in his entire life, he's like, and in the third grade, yeah. I, I, I dropped <laughs> something on a people in a movie theater, and I said I was throwing up, and they all, and he just does, and it 
they he keeps doing that, and then they cut to the Goonies doing uh, you know something like evading the pipes or evading those big rocks that fall of them, and then we'll cut back to a right. chunk, and and then in the third grade, like he just keeps going, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, all right, sorry, I understand that this I was probably doing that really funny back then, but I just it, that's that's one of the things that for me doesn't hold up. And I don't, well, I don't know. I'm just thinking that I don't know that that kind of thing is, was, you know, different funny back then. But I think that because of the nature of the film, that what they, what they were trying to do with that is not just have one, you know, misadventure after another or one, you know, running away from the ball from Indiana Jones plus Mm -hmm. rattling the pipes plus, you know, there was so much of that that, um, to have it all in a row would get tiresome. And this was a little bit of a break from that. Um, you know, something they didn't do that they normally do is like go back and figure out like these people are missing. Are their parents afraid? What what is anybody else doing? You know, with the exception mm-hmm. of the one kid who's the storyteller calling the cops and and the cops not believing him because he's the boy who cried wolf. Um, right. That there was really not a lot of other. There was nowhere else to go. I guess is is the point. So I guess maybe that's a I, plot issue. What, maybe the plot is a three for me. Well, what I would have done with, I guess what I would have done differently with Chunk is I wouldn't have separated them from the group. I would have kept him with the group and had Sloth, like a character that pops up in weird parts throughout and like kind of scares the kids. But then you find out he's the gentle giant later. Um, and this is the whole, right. like, the, like the criminals don't add a lot for, for me, even at the end, which I like a little bit more. The three of them just don't like, they feel like the filler. They're, none of the best parts of the movie are them, and I think you could structurally rearrange this movie and cut them and cut 25 minutes, and it would be tighter, quicker, and we'd have the better stuff up front. And I think yeah. the pacing would still yeah. be good. Um, and that's the other part of the story is, while Chunk is doing that stuff with the criminals, uh, the the remaining six Goonies are going through an, a myriad of booby traps. There's the pipes, I already said, where it's affecting, what is it, a police station above them? Um, and right. the, the things are flying and out of the, the walls. That's a scene I had seen before. Yeah. yeah, the bathroom, the communal shower. Um, yeah. There are the boulders that fall. There's the spike pit. Um, and they all have to use like their own little like things to get out of it. I know Data uses his little like grappling hook thing to to get out of the spike thing. Uh, later on, he's Inspector Gadget, basically. Yeah, he is all kinds he's of crazy got... shit in there. You know, another thing that's like, yeah, never would any one none of these adventures would work. Uh, no. And two, yeah, right. Where do you have? He has like a <laughs> boxing glove somewhere in his coat. Like he has like crazy shit in there. <laughs> like he has all kinds of nonsense in his coat, which comes in handy and they're inventive, but. It's a it's a suspension of disbelief part, which is fine. Yes. Um. And, yeah. But then what's her, what's your name? Uh, Andy. She has to play like a piano notes at the end to get them out. Like they all kind of showcase different skills. The the inhaler kid has a speech about something. I don't really get. I don't really get his speech. When we get to that later. That was on. that was the worst part of the movie for me. It was, so. it was pretty nonsense. But um, the characters. We've pretty much introduced all the characters. What do you think about the characters in this movie? I mean, I like the characters. They are, they're, they're pretty, um, you know, they're pretty flat. They're not, they're, they're not super fleshed out, but I think that you have, you know, each one has their own little quirks and peccadilloes and they all have to work within their little, you know, their, their little group and their, their little squad. And, and I don't, I don't really mind the fact that they have this, that they're going to save the world by doing this. Basically they're going to save their world by doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that. And I think that that lends to 
um, I, that lends to their their characters, you know, kind of delving into what each one of them will give to um, give to their performance and to to what they what they lend to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have I could have done without the two girl characters. Honestly, I don't really think that they served a big purpose. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> this is films with the women in my life. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, well, maybe if they were part of the group to begin with. It would be different. I, I think of this movie too as sort of like a really light-hearted Stand by Me, and I don't know if you've seen that. Okay, but, Stand by um, I understand. Okay, that makes sense to me too because that's a little bit of yeah. a darker movie, but it's yeah, it's just it's a little bit rich and it's and it's richer. And I think I mean lengthwise movies, it was it's it was a long movie like this movie, but I didn't really need I didn't really need them. Um, characters in this movie are a. A two and a half for me. Oh, okay. Pretty low. I mean, um, I, so what I like about these characters is there's the correct number of them. Um, there are four little kids and they're all extremely distinct. One of the bigger complaints I had about the newer it movies. And while they do stick to the book, they have seven little kids and they're all, I mean, they're just too many to keep track of. There's not enough for all of them to do. Um, and this one, the four um, little kids, very distinct, very distinct personalities. They all have their own thing. Um, I wouldn't cut any of them. Uh, I guess if I were to cut anyone out of the people, it would be the second girl, not the main one, the other one, who uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's about the 80s time, but she looked quite masculine to me quite a, quite a lot of the time. Uh, I don't know if that was on purpose, <laughs> if they were going for like a butch thing, or if that was just how 80s people looked. Um, but there was something... She was more of a serious actress kind of person. Okay. Back then. She was in other movies with sort of the same crowd, this sort of brat packy kind of crowd. Um, but she was more, considered more of a serious Martha Plimpton, actress. that's this actress? Martha Plimpton. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, yeah, the women don't get as much to do here, um, I guess. I guess. Andy has a little bit more, I guess, and that's why I would probably keep her in, just to have the girl of the group, and it helps, you know, I, I, it's it, they don't really hold up to these days, but her, her and Mikey have a kiss, which is weird um, to today's yes. standards. That whole scene is so weird now, but for some reason, when I watched <laughs> that scene, I was, tra- like, it took me back to a time before I was even alive, and I understood what they were going for and what the reaction was supposed to be, and I don't know, for something, to, yeah. like, there's something to be said that it really did transport me back there. I was like, oh, and this time, this was hilarious, this was awesome for the kid, it was funny, with the and the other girl was in on it, which makes it a little bit more okay, I guess, not really to today's right. standards, but back then, and the guy doesn't even, the older, the older brother doesn't even know, like, all of that, for some reason, I just really understood what was going on, and I liked that scene, I'm gonna remember that scene, um... Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think Josh Brolin's good as Brand as the older brother. He has to do what he has to do in this, and um, he has to work with a bunch of little kids for most of the time. So I think he does a good job. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care about the fam, the criminal family there at all. They're whatever. I mean, they they do okay, I guess, in their <laughs> scenes, but they're 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 kind of whatever. So I think at here I'm again at a three. Um, you know, they are pretty tight, archetypal and and basic, but I like. I like that I know what they all are. I know what their all their motivations are, and even if I don't like their choices, I understand everything they're doing. Yeah, and I think they're. I mean, those characters, those are solid characters, and they're probably my rating would probably be a little bit higher if we didn't have a bunch of ancillary characters that are really not good. Um, the whole all in the end when the whole townspeople come. Oh, the jocks the in mother, the well too. I don't really understand what that's all about. Yeah. 
and 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 the mother i don't care for her she's been in, in a couple other richard donner movies and every time she's there she irritates me um and even and and even the the criminal family it's those characters are are so much not just less likable but just just less interesting uh, than than the main characters of the kids. Yeah, they're like I think when, boring when you do that, vaudeville. Like they're just not like there's right. nothing. Yeah. And if you were to strip this movie down to those kids, then you would get a movie like Stand by Me because that's basically what happens. You that's know, what I'm saying. If you, you stripped strip out to... the criminal element, you would cut the running time down. That's another thing. Did you have a? I had a big problem with the running time. It felt long. Did you feel that at all, or is that not really a thing you thought about? Um, I didn't feel it. Um, there, for me, there were more times that, that I had to think about suspending disbelief, mainly with the Inspector Gadget little boy character. Right. Um, and just some of the, the, there were some things that were drawn out that were weirdly drawn out, like when they were first inside the house and they were uh, in the in the basement and people were walking and the criminals were walking upstairs. Mm-hmm. And it felt like there were two full minutes of them just walking around with dust coming through the floorboards on the pizza at each and other. I thought, that's that yeah that's a very strange choice to make that so why 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 so much of that and it wasn't i didn't find it scary or anything like that so it wasn't like it was setting any more tone than, than what we already had um so there were there were things like that that i thought were strange um and that they kind of didn't take more time sort of solving rival, riddles you know i guess in an indiana jones way or even in in you know, in a national treasure kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I didn't find, I didn't really find that it dragged too much. I figured maybe 10 or 15 minutes could have been cut out and that would have done it. That would have been fine. Maybe. Um, I feel like this should be, under, this should be like just barely an hour and a half and it's closer to two hours. It just feels yeah. like once we get to the, what is it? The piano challenge where, where she has to do the right. notes at the right part. Otherwise the floor falls out. That, that was long, actually. Well, that was yeah. long, but I thought that was the end. And then we go to the cove with the big pirate ship. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, we're, that was like the second act ending. This That wasn't the ending. That was the second act yes. ending. I was like, wow, I feel like we've yeah. been doing this for a while. Like, if I had to cut... That pirate ship, though, was cool. So, yeah, let's let's just go right into the visual and sound then before we get... Because this is pretty much right around the ending. The visual, what do you give that? Because, yeah, I agree. The pirate ship, very cool. Yeah, the visual and sound for the time, and I think the fact that I didn't really feel like this was super dated, I'm going to have to give that a high, high score. I'm going to have to give that a four. Um, the sound is great. There's a good soundtrack to this film that has, you know, 80s written all over it. Cindy Lauper does the, the, the theme song of Goonies, and that's part of the movie is part of her music video back in the day. Um, and then just the orchestral sounds in the background. I love all that. Richard Donner, when he does a movie, does, I think he does a really good job, uh, with hiring the right people to do his visual and sound. Um, that pirate ship was crazy out there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the part where they were in the caves and there was the water, everything felt very real to me. I mean, as much as this, there's no way this place exists, right. you know, underground, under a restaurant on the coast of Oregon. I bought into it. I was there. I was with, I was with them. I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool. We're going to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the earth. And then the pirate ship is going to sail out of the middle of the earth. So there's that. 
So, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah. So it's a solid four for me. I'm gonna go just a tad lower at a three five. Um, for the time, I bet this is really good, and I put myself in that way. Like if I was grading this on today's standards, I bet this would be much different. But um, right. the thing is, I wasn't able to suspend belief as often as I would have liked. Like I'm thinking, for example, the rocks that fall. I mean, they look fake. They look plasticky. Um, the spikes in the ground don't look super real. I guess a lot of the traps. Um, the, the rocks falling in mm-hmm. the piano room. All that doesn't really look good. Oh, the fucking water slide. It's clearly a water slide. Like, it has the... Li- I love that about it. It has the little partitions <laughs> at each part, like, where you can see where, like, the thing... Like, I'm like... I, the whole time I, when they were going... And they went down the water slide for, like, 90 seconds because it kept cutting to different ones, screaming yeah, and tumbling. A- um, and I'm just like... A lot of I, the whole time I was thinking, where did yeah. they film this? Like, what water park was this? Because this is just a water park with some vines on the roof of the of the tubes. <laughs> like, it was just very. <laughs> it took me extremely out because I was like, oh my god, this just looks oh. so fake. A lot of the inner of the cave stuff looks fake, fake to me. Um, the beginning is good, mm-hmm. like the house stuff. Um, the abandoned yeah. restaurant looks good. The pirate ship at the end looks good. Um, that whole middle chunk looks really fucking fake, <laughs> um, and even even for back then, I, I like when I think of like you know Star Wars, Indiana Jones, ET, other movies that have to do like big fantastical settings. All that seems more real to me than this middle chunk of Goonies. Oh, I didn't. I didn't feel that way. Yeah. I didn't. I felt like it was a second Indiana Jones movie. I know? think every Indiana, which is not my favorite. No, I mean, I think. I think of all, even though I don't like all four Indiana Jones, I think all four Indiana Jones movies have more realistic looking settings than this middle chunk. It just. It feels like Legend of the Hidden Temple. Like it feels. It feels like what old, old <laughs> no. Mac would have you run through. No, no, it's, no, no. I disagree with that. Uh, Sometimes Olmec's eyes. Sometimes Olmec's eyes didn't even work. So come on, you have to give it a little uh, bit above Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, not um, much. I mean, the problem I did have with it <laughs> is part. I mean, it's part of a plot problem. But it was like when they had when the gimmicks would happen, it would sort of trap them in their current, you know, their current state, wherever they were in in the whole area. Mm-hmm. It would sort of trap them there. They couldn't go backward, but somehow the criminals could come forward through all of those things and you know like giant rocks plopping down you can't go back this way well somebody else can come forward through them and the spikes Um, and yeah and like even the part where the floors are falling apart like that's another part i'm like why when she was about to run through this would have been just an obvious thing to me knowing that the things that yeah. hit a bunch of random keys and jump on the little thing and get out of there like and then all the floor falls and they can't get through like Right. Then the end is then everything's fine and like or close the door. You can close the door <laughs> or like break the little hinges so it doesn't like it's old. I'm sure it. Whatever. I mean the, the middle part like as far as like realism for all that doesn't really work um, for me. And yeah. the the sound is yeah. um, it's not to my taste. It's that era of sound. I had to look up the the person. It it's Dave Gr- Grusen. It sounds more like mo- like a modern day composer. I'm thinking like Danny Elfman. That's what it sounds like to me. It's all like super Spielbergy music. I'm sure he's used this guy before. Um, it just doesn't to my taste. It's not necessarily yeah. bad, but it just it doesn't make me feel anything in the movie other than camp and 
that's unfortunate because I think a lot of this isn't Aww. particularly campy. I think a lot of this is actually like legitimately like entertaining, entertaining, not campy, entertaining. Um, I don't like the music yeah. much, but the visuals for the time, I give it credit. The pirate ship and everything on the pirate ship is really good, so that brings everything back up to yeah. a three five. It's 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 not bad. It's it's got it's got a lot of good stuff in here for the time. Um, the ending though. Uh, they are gathering up the the coins. Um, Mikey is yeah. ordering them to leave a little bit on the offering. Um, before we talk about the sending, what the fuck is Mikey doing the whole time? I don't understand Mikey at all. I re- like I don't <laughs> I don't know what his goal is or what he really wants or what he thinks is the right thing. Um, when we're at the treasure part, mean- like halfway through the movie, and the those jocks are le- offering the bucket escape. What's his speech about that makes them not take it? I don't understand what that is. <laughs> I don't know um, what he's doing. Like I don't know what he wants. Like what is his motivation? I mean, you know what his motivation? Well, he is. wants to his save the house, is, right? Right, but he also is now like as soon as he found out about this one-eyed pirate dude, he's he's all about. Well, yeah, that he was like too. wooing the like, dead he's... pirate. Which, by the way, with the eye hole, he did. T- they t- they they lift yeah. up the eye patch, and the eye hole is like clogged up, <laughs> like. I assume if you're missing an eye, it's because you lost your eye, not because your eye socket was, like, sealed by skull. Grown over with other bone. Right, yeah, when people lose their eyes, their skull doesn't grow over the eye hole, like... Yeah, that's yeah. I I noticed that too, and I was all like, "Huh, that's an interesting choice. Why would just, you do that?" I'm surprised that um, Sean Astin was the most successful kid actor of this group because he isn't very good and he doesn't make any sense to me like i don't understand what was happening with him the whole time well you know he i mean he's the he's the main kid that his only his issue is that he is coddled by his mom he's clearly got some sort of you know he's got the asthma and his mom's like don't let him outside and he's gonna get all of these things you know he's kind of you know he's kind of seen as not and and he's also the younger brother. So now all of a sudden he has the chance to be the hero. So that's why he's the character that he is, and that he's going to be relentless at finding this treasure. Um, I don't know why he carried a bag of marbles with him. I mean, I guess kids. I don't even remember though kids in the eighties carrying marbles with. I him. mean, they're shooting marbles earlier in the movie. I don't know if yeah in the eighties yeah. they did, but he does. No, kids, so that's fine for the character. I mean, for kids me. in the fifties do, but not kids in the eighties. But well, if the um, one guy had a boxing glove in his coat, along with like dentures <laughs> that like are like can hold up the weight of a hundred pound child. A I child. Mean, yeah. So like, why why not have a bag of marbles? Yeah. Much more believable than anything in uh, in what's his name's pockets, uh, Data's pockets. Yeah. So I, th- I think that was, I mean, don't, is that's not enough for you that he was just, you know, he was the kid who was never, you know, he w- wasn't expected to be that kind of kid. And he finally, through this adventure, decided that that was what he was going to do and that it wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to let things be that have always stopped him from doing things and being the child of the group. Cause he I was, still he understand, was though, is that. The, the two, I mean, there are still other things, small things I understand, but the two big ones, one, do you know why he didn't go up on the bucket, why he was so opposed to that? I, he said a whole speech about how they need to keep going for some reason, or they need to, like, I don't understand, yeah, they had enough they treasure need- in there, like. Yeah, but they didn't have the treasure at that point. There were coins and gold in there, wasn't there? Like, that room had a bunch of shit in it, why didn't they just fill the buckets up and, you know, go up? No, no, that was just In the end, they don't wishing- end with. 
that was a wishing well. Those were basically those were coins like you and I would carry in our pockets. Those were not oh, it coins. was chump change. I didn't realize. Yeah, that was just a wishing well that the kids and then in uh, the town. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Okay, that, then that's yeah. answered for me. I thought those were doubloons or whatever. No, that makes no. a lot more sense to and, me. And that's why he's like, no. I mean, we can take up 173 of these, you know, George Washington quarters if you want, but that's not going to do it. Okay. So, All right, that makes more yeah. sense to me now. Um, still don't understand him later on either with the whole like. I thought he was about to make out with a fucking skeleton. Like I don't know why he's so obsessed with this <laughs> with this fucking pirate king. Um, but because all right, he found that, it. He it was a goal, and he and he attained his goal. Okay, it helps. That helps a little bit. That that all helps yeah. a little bit with it. I I, I yeah, that's that's better. Um, yeah. So, but the whole thing is like the criminals catch up to him. They make them walk the plank literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get the hey you guys, which I <laughs> hey, didn't know what guys. it was from. Didn't realize it was a Goonies thing. Um, it's fucking Chunk and uh, and Sloth. They come riding down the the um, what the, is sail. It, the sail. Yeah, with the yeah. knife, and they you yep. know, again uh, just like in the movie that they were watching earlier. That's what was happening. In oh, the yep, movies, you're right. That... When they were chained up, sharing the baby Ruth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love. I I do love, and I I know it's probably because of a rights thing that in all movies when they're watching movies, they're old movies. They're old black yes. and white. Like no one yeah. watches in real life movies. Like, yep. I, but something about that just like uh, I don't know. I really enjoy that. It makes it all feel like a a universe. Um, <laughs> but so they get into like a scrap here at the end. Uh, Sloth is now teamed up with the Goonie kids because he doesn't like how the the family has treated him and he's befriended uh, chunk so a bunch of them fall in the water uh he sloth bangs the heads together of the two brothers the bad guy brothers um the mom and they're they're all kind of talking down the whole time the brother's like oh i tried to defend you when we were kids and the mom's like singing him a lullaby but then she's she's singing and when the bow breaks the baby will fall and he's like fall uh breaks and he like freaks out he's like i only dropped you once maybe twice and then he like freaks out and throws her i'm like are we supposed to believe I was, well, I was thinking, like, does this, does that one made him look like this? Is she dropped him once or twice? Because I don't know. Ta- I feel like it's, I mean, maybe she dropped him because he looked like that. I don't know. Well, I can't imagine that that he he got that ogre look from being dropped a couple times. That's but. what I figured. I thought that's what they were saying to me in this. I'm like, yeah, dude, if you drop a kid, it's like going to become sloth. I feel like that's not. Su- <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's probably happens. You drop a kid a, like a foot or two from the changing table or whatever. Like, I just it's. No. no, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you were dropped. Maybe. What's what? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm saying kids get dropped. I don't think they become kids sloth. Get they get dropped once or twice. <laughs> no, no. I mean, there were clearly more things going on than him being dropped, unless it was from like you know a four story building. So. Yeah, I, I was looking at some sort of inbreeding, but they don't really get into any of that. Um, <laughs> but they emerge from the cave. With not a lot, they get, uh, they think they don't have anything, um, and they meet up, like you said, with all the family members, the, all the townspeople, like, they're all just there at the end, like, all right, fine, whatever, it's, it's, it's the big, the big ending, we've already spent enough time with all the, all the booby trap stuff, so might as well get to it, um, and the, the, the dad's about to sign the house away, but then the maid is like, wait, uh spanish spanish and the kid's like uh don't sign according to her and then they pull out she pulls out the little sack of marbles which now has the jewels in it 
It has Which are the uh, worst looking jewels I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's like did you take that off the top of a ring pop? It looks ridiculous. It's like terrible. They don't look they look plastic or candy. Yep. Like they don't look real at yes. all. I, why not have really it be bad. a sack of the coins? Like That's why does it have thinking. to be these fake ass jewels? But they yeah. get the jewels. I mean, you know. Apparently they just assume that these like eight jewels are enough to save the neighborhood and so the guy rips up the contract, throws it in the air, everyone's celebrating. Um and yes. then yeah. As they celebrate, they look onto the horizon, and the ghost pirate ship <laughs> is sailing away in the distance, and then we get credits credits rolling over that. So Yeah. It's a weird, tacked-on ending, because uh, they were like, oh, yeah, the plot was something to do with saving the house. The maid was there. I don't know. Let's make the pirate ship show up, because that, that'll be emotional because of the thing. Um, right. So, and, and now One-Eyed yeah. Pete or whatever is on his way to ghost pirate ship land right above water and made me think of every t but i had seen so many tv shows where this plot is like the movie and i didn't realize that this was the thing or i realized as an adult but i didn't realize when i was watching like i think of uh, there's a hey arnold episode where they go into wheezing ed's (laughs) cave and they find a bunch of uh counterfeit pennies that these bumbling criminals are making and then they take them away and then they get away and they're like i guess there never was any treasure and then at the end we hear wheezing ed coughing in the cave i'm like (laughs) oh it's like the same fucking thing except wheezing ed's cough is a pirate ship go away um yeah but these are all throwbacks to the goonies now you know that like, yeah and I'm, I'm sure there's a million other examples i'm not even thinking of but like right. every like this every like tv show over the past 20 years has done the goonies episode with their characters like right um, and you just didn't know it right and i like i like that um but I, I think you said it about this ending it's weird tacked on and tonally not correct is that would, would you agree with those sentiments Ye- yeah the Yes, um, it shouldn't have a. It shouldn't have been jewels. It should have been like solid gold coin, which I think would be the same like monetary value, right? As that weird as pop rocks, you know, basically. Um, and then the ship on the horizon, and everybody's there, and it's sort of like you feel like everyone's just you know gonna watch it go, and then turn around and be like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of like. <laughs> Oh, the, you know what a crazy adventure you kids had with that pirate ship. Remember that time when you had that adventure with the pirate ship? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, that's just too much. I mean, there's there's two things in this movie that are too much. It's that ship at the end, and then it's the the third brother in the family. I mean, I'm not quite sure why they had to do that, and that just makes it seem. It, it puts it in the, like, fantastical realm for me, whereas otherwise it was just an action-adventure kind of film, you know? Um, mm. That just kind of puts it into a different a different arena, so. We'll continue with that with your Residence of Feels. This is pretty much the end. What do you think of that? Yeah, so the Residence and Feels with this movie, I, I agree that there's a lot of things that you can think of now that are... Uh, that are, that pay homage to this show, uh, to this movie in other TV shows and other movies. I mean, they pay homage to their their other things. You know, the kid, the guy's wearing a Superman thing. You mentioned that Richard Donner was. Um, that was unexpected. I I was very confused yeah. at that. I'm like, all right, that happened. Like, I don't I don't know. That didn't right. really hit me, but yeah. Well, that and there's there's a ton of product placement in this movie. You know, there's Baby Ruth. Oh, there's so much Domino's Pepsi. Pizza. Yeah, there's pe- yeah. It's just kind of like, wow, this seems overwhelming right now. Like this is a lot of product placement. Um, but 
yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I will probably watch it again. Uh, resonance and feel. It makes me, you know, it, it, it makes me think about a, back to a time when you could go back and do these kind of things where kids could ride their bike place, bike places and, um, have adventures, maybe not to this extent, but, um, it's, it's a feel good movie like that. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half for that. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's really hard because it's not the movie itself doesn't lend me to give it that high of a resonance feel. It's because it's specific parts that I'm not really going to remember a whole lot of. I don't think in the future um, there was some amusing, you know, banter, um, some innovative traps or whatever it is, but nothing that particularly blows me away. Um, it's the the part that keeps me together is that. I know this from that. It's 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 status as something that is parodied and and you know, uh, homaged to everywhere. Um, right. Because without that, it's maybe a oh, it's it's low. I mean, it's like a one five or a two. Um, but its legacy status bumps it. It does, and it's undeniable. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I, I can't judge it removed from that. So uh, knowing all of its legacy status and what it influences and um, just the things that I've seen that now that I've seen this, it makes those things better. It does enhance other things I've seen and make them better. Um, it, it feels tied together. So because of that, it bumps it up a point. I think I'm going to get land like a three. Um, mm-hmm. This is a very three across the board movie for me for the most part. Um, I think but- that's true. But I think I think that also, though, this was this might have been like a turning point for films where um, – there is a little bit more, with the exception of Jess, who doesn't see anything that's more than like two or three years old. Can you imagine Jess reviewing this movie? I can. I can. I can. Yes, I can imagine. It would have been a lot different. Difficult. Review. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm just thinking that this is sort of the time where um, things were started to be a little more believable, and kid child acting in films started getting better, and it wasn't, and it was more focus on it. Uh, this was, you know, like you said, the time of E.T. And then it come Stand By Me is around this time frame. And then all the John Hughes movies starts coming start coming out of this. And I think that this is just sort of that time frame. And for me, it holds it holds value. I'm not I'm not looking at it and thinking this is a 35 year old movie because that's what it is. You know, it's it's a it's old. I do want to so, push back a little bit on that, though, because we haven't had this conversation yet on the whole show. But the decades of movie making, the 80s mm-hmm. versus an older decade, the 70s. I think 70s yeah. movies, there are more classic, really good holds up to this day 70s movies than there are 80s movies. I would make that but argument. Not co- but not coming of age movies. There weren't maybe any of not those kids prior movies. To this. You're right. It would be yeah, more pretty, not- you know, R rated. Right dramas and thrillers and yeah and yeah. so that's kind of the that's kind of the genre in the realm that i'm talking about and how it has a resonance and feel for me because of that there there weren't coming of age movies before this time frame um that's probably there, i mean there true. was this is probably the best yeah. version of that to this date to, to 85 no you're talking about other great stuff going on there like you know the old serpico's and french connection and you know yeah scorsese movies Men. and yeah, um you know uh, stuff like that yeah Sure, um, but that's a but this particular genre was not really a thing, and they kind of this this really you know, kind of started that, and now you know there's that's some of the movies that are out there and get that get you know so many people going to them and and TV shows particularly. I mean you have whole channels based around 
kid shows and not cartoons, you know. I just think I think it's it's worthy for that worthy for that genre. And going off of that, Mama K, would you recommend The Goonies? I'm going to recommend The Goonies, even if you haven't seen it and you're 50 years old and it's time to go see it. You open up your heart and do it and it's really fun. And if you're the mom of girls, this is a great movie to see because this is exactly how boys behave <laughs> when they're together. So um, I'm going to recommend this movie. I'm going to recommend Jess see this movie. So we'll see uh, how that it goes. It seems unlikely. I'll tell her, but I mean, I don't know. I want to go, before I give mine, I'll go want to go off this. You were in the 80s around, give or take a few years, the same age as the girls in this movie, right? The two the two high school age girls, you know. So, oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, somewhere, you know, give or take a few years. Um, yeah. So do you think if you had seen this back then, you would love it like a cult classic or do you, would you have a similar opinion? What do you think it would have been like, if you could retroactively grade, what do you think it would have been if you had seen it around this time in your life? I'm thinking, I'm thinking being a girl, I probably wouldn't have had as much. And I, I think I look back at it fondly with a little bit of like, this was really cool having raised boys now and knowing what they're like. Otherwise it would have might, it could have been more annoying for me. So you think you might actually like it more now with your current disposition than when you were actually the age of some of the protagonists. Because, and I think so because they were boys. Like I can take an Indiana Jones movie. That's a grown man doing grown man things. Sure. But if I were, if I were watching boys being like this and being, you know, kind of how, how I would see them anyway, but from, you know, a young girl point of view, I would just be like, ugh, I get this at school. I don't need to be watching a movie about this. Okay. So yeah. I think that I think that, that could color it for me. Um, and also I could relate more and, and feel more about like a Breakfast Club story where you had characters of both sexes fleshed out more and mm-hmm. not have an adventure, you know, based around what a bunch of boys were doing and the girls were super ancillary like they were in this movie. Yeah, you're not going to get an argument for me that Breakfast Club holds up better than the Goonies. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm going I'm to say that too. Even whether you liked it more when it came out, listeners, I mean, you, I mean, if you see them back to back, you got to one holds up, one doesn't <laughs> hold up as much. But um, right. yeah, I think I'm going to land on like a real soft recommend for the Goonies. A re- it's, it's pretty soft um, because it's not as it's not. I don't think it's the cult classic people make it out to be. I don't think it's that special, other than. Obviously, people who make movies and TV shows like it so much that they put it in all their shit. Um, so that's, right. I mean, I guess for that purpose, it's worth watching. Um, it's, but I, to push back on the other side, it's not as unholding up as people make it out to be. When people say, "Oh, it's super dated and doesn't work," I mean, there's parts that are dated and don't work, but there's some, there's some good, like, legitimate entertainment stuff in here. I'm gonna say the first half hour and the last yes. 15 minutes, other than the pirate ship at the very end. Um, the yep. middle has like ups and downs and some of it's believable and some of it's not. Um, but there's enough interesting stuff in here. Um, and there's enough iconic stuff in here where if you like movies, you haven't seen it, you're afraid to go back and watch it because you're afraid of what your reaction is going to be. I mean, it's a little long. It's a, it is a little campy, but for the most part, it holds up enough. It, yeah, it's important. You should watch it. And yeah, then, give it a chance. Watch it with your kids. I think that they would think, you know, they would find it amusing. I don't want to say it's important you should watch it, though, because there are definitely some classic, classic movies that everyone loves or all critics say are great that I, I think are horrible and I would not recommend at all. This isn't one of those. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a, a decent, a decent classic. Um, 
you know, middle of the road, I guess. So uh, a recommend and a soft recommend for for the Goonies. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty solid. Uh, so coming up, we have I think. Oh, do we have one more show? No, we're going to be doing uh, The Joker on Monday. Or not The Joker. I think it's just Joker. Uh, Nicole and I will be doing that one since Mama Kate's afraid of clowns. And I don't I don't know if Jess is going to be able to fit in her schedule. She's still over Listen, wrang- wrangling horses am, in Iceland. So You keep saying I'm afraid of clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns. I don't like them. There's there's a difference. I'm sorry. You, you, I don't have you, a so fear of if, clowns. If, if you would, it and Pennywise, you're not afraid of him. You just don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like clowns. You don't think you would be uh, terrified of him? Okay. I mean, maybe that particular character, but like clowns in general, I just don't like. There's not, there's not this like underlying bizarre fear, which I'm sure there's a word for it. Something, 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 a phobia Mm -hmm. about clowns. That's not what I, I just don't like them. And, and I don't like, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't like mime. I don't like clowns i don't like circus all right so mama k is gonna miss a possible oscar contending movie with a strong social commentary (laughs) because she doesn't like clowns uh and then we're gonna have uh yep and then we're gonna have another streaming review and then we are back in the theaters for all of october like we were most of september uh we've got zombie land double tap we've got jojo rabbit We've got Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. We've got Gemini Man. We've got a bunch of theater reviews in October, and we have more in November, December. This is through the rest of the year. We're going to have maybe two or three streaming reviews a month, and the rest will be theater. So, um, Yeah, we're getting ready for Oscar season. I know. I think a lot of the stuff that's coming out right now is going to be nominated in the next couple of months, so definitely yep. things to keep an eye on. Um, I'm, I'm getting excited. I, this is usually when the quality stuff comes out, because so far this year... It's been a pretty weak year for movies. I haven't loved a lot of them. I've, last year was so strong. Last year was had two of my favorite movies in, of all time come out. Like last year was excellent movies, but this year, mm, yeah, things are not holding not up yet. as much as you hope. Yeah, I'm hoping so. for. There's a couple that are coming out that I'm that I'm really excited for. So we'll see what happens. Um, but if you have Jay and any Silent Bob for sure. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. This might I, I I might be too old for that now. Um, there was definitely a time, but uh, we'll see. Um, if you have anything right. to recommend to us in the meantime, films with the women in my life on Facebook, and I am Brennan underscore Pod Host on Instagram. That's probably the best place to reach out for recommendations, yeah. thoughts on our current reviews, any suggestions for the show. Reach out to us there. Um, I think that's everything, Mama K. Thank you for being on the Goonies. Yeah, thank you. Until <laughs> it was good. Uh, and until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening.